Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. It's Mailbox Monday. Today is Monday, January 28th, episode number 720. So many things happening in the culture and in the news today. And I'm going to tackle just a few of your questions about it. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So there's been a lot of things going around the, in the news recently. Obviously, there was a, a serious incident that happened with some Covington High School students from a Catholic school who were obviously misrepresented uh, in the in the news, in the fake news. And I told my husband, I said, you know what? I've gotten to the point where I just... Everything that's on the news, I don't, I just, half the time I just turn it off. And we need to be so careful, men and women, how we respond to things uh, online. Because really what's happening in the culture right now is that it's almost a, a free for all for truth. And I've been saying for a long time, unless and until we start addressing the things that are happening in the culture from a perspective of, a desire to see truth proclaimed and truth pursued, we're going to continue to plummet into this weird sort of mash of uh, what's right and what's wrong. So today I'm going to answer a couple of questions that have to do with things that are happening in the culture. The first one was in relationship to the Gillette ad. You guys all saw this come out talking about toxic masculinity. Actually, I wa- I'm just going to say, I know some of this is going to bump some of you out. I watched that ad And I didn't actually think the ad itself was that bad. What I was really frustrated about was this idea of toxic masculinity. In other words, the very, the very things that make men men or manly are under attack. We have said for many years, I've watched as we've tried very hard to feminize our men. And now we're seeing a a shift to going beyond the feminization of men and just saying, We'd like to just see men sort of go away altogether. Forget the traditional codes of masculinity. And Amy wrote to me and she said, Hey, Heidi, I'm not sure how to respond to my boys in this increasingly toxic culture that is against masculinity. What do you think? Well, I'm going to take you back like I always do to the word of God first, because the Bible says that we have been created unique. We're different. Men and women are different. And that was by God's design. He said, I created you male and female in my image. We are made to be a representation of God himself. We are to reflect God's glory and his beautiful uh, creation and and the power of his creativity in creating us male and female. And this is a conversation that we have quite often at our home talking about what's happening in the culture. I want my boys to be men. I want them to embrace their masculinity in all of the good forms that it comes in. And really, uh, boys who grow up just to be boys uh, are really, they're hurting us. My friend Matt Walsh said that we don't need less masculinity. We need more masculinity. And I agree with him. I was watching the Gillette uh, commercial, and I, I read several articles in World Magazine about this idea of masculinity being toxic. And the only time that masculinity is toxic, men and women, is when we move away from the biblical standard of what male and female are actually all about. I read a pretty interesting article in World Magazine, and I will 
uh, I'll link to it in the show notes today. It's called Grasping at Manhood. And uh, the author of this article starts out, Sophia Lee starts out by saying this, a while ago, I was visiting a homeless couple in Los Angeles for an interview when a man, let's call him Bill, began to mock another man for being, quote, feminine. I didn't know this other man well, so I couldn't judge from his judge his apparent femininity, but I knew Bill. Bill is a 40-something-year-old man. He likes to wear hats, A-shirts, low-riding baggy pants, and tattoos down his arms. He knows all the street lingo, lights his joint with an experienced whiff, and walks with a swagger of a rapper, which he fancies himself to be. By all appearances, he's the definition of a, quote, manly man or a ladies' man, according to certain pop culture. He's got eight kids with eight different women to prove it. Other facts about Bill that people might not see through his swagger. He had been sleeping on the streets with his girlfriend for months before someone helped them find temporary sober housing, which the couple lost within five months because they were caught drinking and smoking pot in their room. Bill later found housing again when his girlfriend got pregnant and was bumped up the priority list for subsidized housing. He has been with his girlfriend for years but hasn't made any attempts to marry her. He's also unemployed. He landed minimum wage jobs and then lost them soon after because, according to him, his co-workers didn't respect him. The last time I saw him, he was selling hard drugs on the streets while his girlfriend waited with their newborn baby in the car she bought. So that afternoon, when I heard Bill make fun of another man for not being, quote, manly enough, I wanted to smack him. Grow up, I wanted to shout. You think you're a real man? You're over 40, but you're still a wannabe gangster who can barely provide for your own girlfriend. It took some effort to keep my mouth shut. I thought of Bill again last week when I read more headlines about, quote, toxic masculinity. Recently, the American Psychological Association issued new clinical guidelines warning that some aspects of, quote, traditional masculinity can be, quote, harmful. The organization defines traditional masculinity as a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including anti-femininity achievement, a shul of the appearance of weakness, and adventure, risk, and violence. It warned that pressures to adhere to traditional masculine ideals lead to higher rates of suicide, substance abuse, violence, and premature death. And around the same time, this is when the Gillette commercial went viral, right? And so in that video, the razor company challenged men to be the best that they can be and to hold each other accountable. This is like, this is great stuff, I thought, right? It seems disingenuous that a for-profit company selling razors would dabble at social commentary, but the things it champions in men, accountability, kindness, respect for women are good, right? But many people were angry about it. Toxic masculinity, a controversial buzz phrase based on a concept debated since the 1990s, has become more popular during the age of mass shootings and anonymous web forums and rising allegations of sexual misconduct. And ultimately, there's a sad truth. Culture has always warred against God-designed masculinity and femininity. And that's really what's happening. We need our men to be the men that God calls them to be. Ever since Adam and Eve broke the perfect relationship between God and humanity, man's culture has always set its own standards apart from God's design. Even so-called traditional masculinity can emphasize self-glory and self-honor and prestige and reliance on self rather than reliance on God. And biblical masculinity has always been under attack, whether by cultural standards or personal sin. 
And we see this over and over again in the Bible, right? We saw the flaws of David. We saw the struggles that Jacob had, who wrestled with God and won the name Israel. We see over and over again uh, examples of men like the consistent, faithful life of David and people who struggle to follow God, like the cowardly Peter who loved Jesus so much that he leaped into the sea to greet him. Men and women, what we need is more of what Jesus says that we are supposed to be. And when we do that, we don't even need to talk about masculinity and femininity because we fall into the natural roles that God has given us. We need each other. I was talking to one of my sons a few years ago about holding the door open for women. And he said he hates to do it because he gets jeered at when he does it. And I said, do it anyway, because a real woman will appreciate it. There have been many times when men have opened the doors for me or given up a seat on a, on a bus or on a train going through an airport. And more often than not, I see women who are afraid to be women and men who are afraid to be men. And we're hurting each other in our, in our desire to run away from the way God said he made us. He made us that way. It's a good thing. And so women, teach your sons to be masculine the way that God defines it. Teach them to be leaders. This idea from uh, the APA that the guidelines of masculinity are somehow going to turn our men into bullies is hogwash. What turns our men into bullies is when they don't understand the power of kindness. Men were made to be protective and strong. And I don't know a woman, at least not in my life, who doesn't love that she can be protected by a strong, godly man. And the irony of all of this is that some of the males on Twitter seem to need a psychologist to help them manage their own out-of-control toxic masculinity. Have you guys been watching what's been happening in the news uh, with these young boys from a Catholic high school? It's craziness. And this toxic masculinity is sort of uh, contagious especially when we don't realize what's behind it. I was watching Matt Walsh, of course, respond to all this, and he's been talking about this for a while. I got to get him on the podcast. But he says that the main thrust of all this research is that traditionally masculine traits like stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression are harmful, right? That's what the APA says. And among other things that we're told that all these stoically aggressive men are reluctant to seek self-care, including psychological care. Can I also say they're reluctant to ask for directions? (laughs) Right? But maybe, as Matt points out, I think it's possible that they don't feel particularly inclined to open up to somebody who believes that their most fundamental character traits are fundamentally harmful. Because if stoicism and competitiveness and aggression are on the whole harmful, which is what the APA asserts, then manhood itself is harmful. And so we've gone from feminizing masculinity to medicalizing it, right? And it starts early when we give our schoolboys all of these psychotropic drugs to keep them from acting like boys. It just, it drives me crazy as a mother to watch and see what we've been doing to our men for many, many years. And the message that we're sending them is saying, hey, something's wrong with you. We're going to give you some drugs. It's not okay to be the way you naturally want to be. You got to be different. You need to be more like the girls. And parents are so tired and we've gotten so accustomed to just going with the flow that we take the drugs and we give them to our kids. 
And we don't stop to think maybe this is actually bad for our boys. And the culture itself is warring against men right now. I've never seen anything like it. And I just want to encourage you, don't go along with this ridiculous narrative that you see. God has created our men the way that he's created. Yes, yes, it can go sideways. But hello, women can go sideways too. Women's March, anyone? Anyone seen the Women's March recently? It's disgusting. So teach your children, teach your boys to be men, to be uh, to be gentle and kind and strong and protective. That's how God's designed them to be. Masculinity and femininity are at opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's okay because when we identify with who we are, we're not bothered by that. Men being men and women being, this is like this weird, uh, this weird morph of feminism. And frankly, it's frustrating. It's what we see happening in the transgender movement. I said some time ago, and I just got another letter the other day from a mom asking me about transgenderism. She said, why do you, why do you even discuss it? Why do you talk about it? I talk about it because it's a bold-faced lie, and it's hurting our children. It's hurting families. I have for a long time likened it to anorexia. And saying that there was a time when, an, when a woman would, or a man usually it's a woman, would sit in front of a mirror and the person she saw staring back at her was 400 pounds. And so her reaction to that was to stop eating or to start binging and purging. But isn't that the same thing that's happening with the so-called gender dysphoria? Because prior to about 10 years ago, every case of gender dysphoria that we would typically hear about involved a history of a child rejecting identification with his biological sex before going back after puberty. And we're seeing this over and over and over again in the culture. The parallels are staggering. When we saw a person struggling with anorexia, we didn't shame them, but we also didn't lie to them. We would say, hey, you know what? You're not 400 pounds. And we knew that if we let that woman persist in that lie, it would kill her. Well, the same thing is true of gender dysphoria. Only unlike anorexia, people with gender dysphoria are getting encouragement from the culture. They're taking up their causes in political crusades. We're, we're uh, parading out drag queens on Good Morning America. What the heck is going on? It's because we have moved away from what God says is good. It is an attack on our identity and the attack is coming from the enemy who began his attack on human beings in the Garden of Eden when he lied to Eve about who she was and he continues his attack on us. Have you ever noticed that the very first thing that Satan did to Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights was to question who he was, to plant seeds of doubt inside the mind of the son of God. He said, if you are the son of God, Satan knew full well who he was. And Jesus' answer to him came straight out of scripture. I've said for a long time, we need to stop making emotional arguments for spiritual problems. And what we're seeing happen in the culture right now, particularly when it comes to human sexuality, is spiritual in nature. It's absolutely spiritual in nature. And we've got to fight it from that point of view because it's rapidly spreading. And the more we sit back and just let it play out, the more deep into depression and degradation we're going to continue to see the culture 
slide. Speaking of that, another woman wrote to me and she wanted to know if I had looked up Netflix's series, Sex Education. Well, no, (laughs) mostly because I don't have time. But I thought, well, I'll look it up. You guys, oh my goodness, Uh, horrible. So I tried to find out how is this thing being reviewed online? I I watched just little parts of it, you know, uh, previews or whatever. And uh, you can hardly find a bad review of this thing anywhere. People apparently love it. It got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Netflix says that sex education is going to be watched by 40 million households in the first month. And basically, here's here's the deal. So it's this high school kid and his mom is a sex therapist and uh, problem, 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 problem. And he starts counseling the kids at his school and it's raunchy and it's graphic. And apparently we love it. Apparently we love it. So people on Twitter praise the show's positivity and quote, healthy portrayal of male relationships that lack toxic masculinity. And it's, quote, complex characterization of gay teens of color, among other things. So, again, I'm just going to take you back to the word of God. Because I think if we if we don't go back there, we get we can find ourselves being discouraged. At least I can find myself being discouraged. So if you want to know if you're trying to decide what should we be watching? Go to the word of God. The Bible says that we are to be completely pure in every way that we can, to guard our minds as well as our bodies. And we have a choice, right? First Peter 2, 11, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world, abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Ephesians 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 3 says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, because these are improper for God's holy people. Proverbs 6, verse 27, a verse which we've often uh, quoted in our house, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? We want to pursue what is good and what is right, to be committed to standing strong with God's help. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7, it says, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. Romans 13, verse 14 says, Therefore, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. And what's happening in the culture right now is we've gone beyond thinking about it and we're just diving headlong into it. We're not even talking about whether or not it's right or wrong anymore. And men and women, your children need to see you modeling the fact that you are committed to whatever's good, whatever's right, whatever's holy, whatever's of good repute, that you think about those things. The Bible says that sex is amazing and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it was designed by the Lord to be delighted in by married people. And that's the message our kids need to hear. You know, last Monday I was uh, answering questions about when to talk to your kids about sex and I said we want to tell them explicitly and frequently, that God made sex, that it's his gift to us, that male and female are designed different in God's image. We have different roles to play, different beautiful things about men and women, and to embrace what God says is good. And when you do that, you will give your kids not only a solid platform to stand on, 
but a direction that they can go in their future. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for leaving reviews for it over at uh, iTunes. I appreciate it very much. I'm going to be speaking all over the country starting in March. You can find out where I'll be at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. If you would like to have a question or a topic addressed here at the podcast, please shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. I'm going to come back on Wednesday and we're going to talk about the very last week of our study, Find Balance and Breathe over at MomStrong International. And we're going to get ready to start a brand new one. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. You can follow along with us. It's just $2 a week to download that Bible study. It's a beautifully illustrated study, and I think you're going to love it. MomStrongInternational.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep walking with the Lord. Encourage each other in the way that God would have you walk, and let's live to see God's blessing among His people. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.